It's the Exit 52 podcast, the only Baltimore podcast that had the whole pod sitting at Pickles on Saturday before an Earl's game. Guys, I'm starting there. How nice was it to be back at the ballpark? I, I, I enjoyed it. The Orioles couldn't have played worse, but it really didn't matter. RDT, you were, you were in all of your glory, uh, both at Pickles and in the game. And it was just nice to be back in there. And it feels like we're moving towards more capacity, more people being able to go. And I suggest everyone get out there. Get out there and go to an Orioles game. It was a great time. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. I mean, we couldn't have had better weather. It was an awesome day. I took my allergy medicine in the morning, so I wasn't going to get face wow. by the pollen. Because <laughs> that would have ruined it for me. Rage. If I was just washing my eyes out in the, uh, the governor's. In the city? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. city water's not bad, I think. Um, no, I mean. Yeah, it, it was, calm down your allergy medicine. What else did you do to get started in the morning? <laughs> I had to. I, if I did not take my allergy medicine that morning, it would have been a nightmare. But. The, the the only nightmare was the game. Uh, it was a ton of fun. Again, we I mean we had everyone in the box. We had we had beers and pickles. We had fried pickles. We were. I don't think I don't think any cans were smashed at pickles. I don't know that they were, which is regretful. Uh, but I also but we were kind of boxed into that picnic table there. Yeah, it's really a standing around in a circle kind of activity. Yeah, you can't really like, do it when you're all sitting there. It's like a lot of things. I don't want to do half-ass until we can fully do it and so when i'm there at pickles and i get that circle going with my boys and i could just throw that can down and make a pile in the center of us that's what it's all about yeah i mean 100 percent. but it was again chilling at the picnic table was fine um i had a lot of fun and yeah i mean the, the crowd seemed good it seemed like there were a decent amount of people i i got told yesterday on wednesday that um or on tuesday that june 1 there's going to be no capacity restrictions at camden yards so I haven't seen that put out anywhere else, but so I don't know if you want to call this an exit 52 exclusive, but um, that's, that's what I was told from a, a decent source. I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's news or not. Uh, I think we're trending that way, like across the state. And then it depends on like what the individual organizations want to do. Okay. Because I think we're, we're there across the state. Yeah, it's the there. city. It's and the, city. the mayor has thrown down the gauntlet about, Hey, we want our, vaccination rate to be at i think 65 percent before he opens said. everything back up and i think we we're at 43 percent when he said that so you know i'll posit this again go get vaccinated if you can if you're in the city go get vaccinated so we can move the hell on yeah yeah get vaccinated if you can I think i think we know where our uh, allegiance lies though in the mayor versus governor uh well, I think we know where our allegiance lies in vaccinations versus not vaccinations, and that's to go get a vaccination. I mean, come on, just go get it done. But the, uh, the, the game was awesome. The Orioles were terrible, um, but it was nice to be back in there. With that said, uh, they played a lot better the next day uh, and, and took one game against the Yankees. I do have to give a special shout-out to the Yankee fan that was sitting in one of the handicap seats that stole a ball away from just like a – like a uh, foul ball that was just sitting on the concourse and a girl just reached for it from her seat. And the guy sprinted around and grabbed it with his glove. That was really becoming. And then just like stole it. Like he, <laughs> like he, you know, found the, the Taj Mahal. Like what an absolute joke. Um, was that Saturday? Were you, you were Saturday. You got, I mean, you guys were absolutely, you guys were, you know, watching we the Caps game and, and yeah. Eric, you were yelling about God knows what the rest of us that were locked into the game. Uh, we're watching we're watching that go on somebody got Honestly, hit in the press eric, box the ball as well i feel oh. like i barely saw eric in the box at all he's running around the, the rest of the ballpark schmoozing 
yeah. babies. I'm shaking hands. Um, the King of Orioles with, Twitter. Talked with um, girlfriend of Trey Mancini, Sarah Perlman. I uh, talked to her for a little bit. And it's funny because the main security guard in the lower bowl right in front of the friends and family section, the WAG section, is uh, my seventh grade social studies teacher, Mr. Seagrove. So I talked wow, to shout him. Shout out to him. Sick. Yeah. Good old, good old, good old. Is Rock there anybody at the ballpark you don't know? Um, I didn't know that attendant that kept opening the door when we were trying to watch the end of the Caps uh, overtime game. <laughs> <laughs> telling, us, telling us that we had she to was, leave. Yeah, she I don't know who and I was like, no, 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 I got to piss. I got to piss. And I came out of the bathroom. We scored. So, yeah. Um, the, the Orioles uh, kind of continue to be on the same uh, track that they've been on here. Uh, that is one that has them seven games back in the division and just a, an atrocious home team, just a really bad home team. They're six and 16 at Camden Yards, 11 and eight on the road. Um, the particulars continue to play well. Um, in person, we had a pretty much a tough bite for everybody, except for Ryan McKenna, who robbed a home run. Um, so not much, I feel like, for us to report from a, we watched the team in person, you know, here's what we took away. There was just not much to take away um, from those guys in person for me, Relish except for is, that it was struggling out there. I'll put that cool. out there. Relish is certainly struggling, and w- watching ketchup take a loss was tough, tough. I'm a big ketchup guy. Look, I like yellow mustard, but I don't want it to win the race. Um, so that was, that was difficult. Yeah. But tough for you, tough for me, tough for me. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, the, the, the Orioles are, it, it's kind of now I enjoy, I think I said this last week too. I enjoy following the accounts that tweet the minor league highlights and just sort of seeing those as we go through the night and just think hope, hoping that that's going to be the team in three years. <laughs> that's I mean, kind of where the, I am in the season already. The Orioles story of the weekend had to be Adley Rutschman hitting his own face on the jumbotron down in Bowie. I mean, he, yeah. it was, he, that was a bomb. It was a 434 foot bomb. Um, Santander was down there rehabbing too. And he had like a 420 foot home run to write. Like he, he mashed it um, Sunday. So Sunday would have been a good game to go to. Um, I mean, yeah, like, like you said, it, it's, I'm a big time follow. There's a bunch of good Orioles, uh, minor league uh, um, Twitter accounts, podcasts and all that stuff and they're current they're they're just constantly churning out content i mean gunner henderson with another another opposite field home run tonight that kid's going to be up you know jumping up a level soon um grayson's still dealing dl was had not the greatest start on sunday but yeah it, it's 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 very exciting to again see where this future lies and now we're st- we're creeping towards the draft and um i saw some some list today. I don't know if it was MLB pipeline, but they had Kumar rocker listed as the number five prospect. Come on down. Yeah. These, these two Vanderbilt guys have kind of had a couple of struggles the last like month. Vandy is sort of struggling as a team a little bit. You hate to see it. Um, it would after really they were bad. like the best team in college baseball history for the first two months of the year. They're, they're almost like the, they're like the Steelers were this year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, except, except people didn't think they were frauds. Like, no, 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 no. Vanderbilt's good. I mean, they can still win the national championship. I, yeah. I, the, the one story, I guess, you talked about the future, I guess, is the past. Chris Davis out for the season, devastating injury, devastating the Orioles' playoff chances. <laughs> Banks, you are, I think, our resident Chris Davis guy. I would say you are fully engaged in the Chris Davis comeback train. Chris so Davis is would like an official statement. Uh, official an official statement. statement on the injury will – 
Um, I think we all saw the writing on the wall when they, you know, put him on the DL to start the year. We, I want to say on this podcast or on something else, maybe somebody had mentioned like, oh, where they just throw somebody on the the DL and just, I think it might've been uh, Dan Heron on part of my take just saying, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you yep. kind of just like throw something out there and say, oh, he's uh, managing some minor injury and you throw him on the 60 day DL. Now it's an IR or whatever, um, IL. And uh, and then you just kind of let let the, the contract run out. Well, I'm not ready to give up on Chris Davis. Just, you get that spring training like he'd had going last last uh, last February before the pandemic hit. And hey, man, he was starting to get hot. And we all know what happens when Chris Davis gets hot. So hey, we're gonna take one more crack at it in 2022 in February and see where things fall. Um, he's gonna come back probably with a different swing, a different approach, and he's gonna throw it at the wall, and we'll see if it sticks. So don't let him get hot. I was gonna say, do you want do you want me to give the Chris Davis press conference right now that we that we'll hear the first? I just did. I mean, I just pretty much gave it to you. You know, I'm excited to get back out there. I feel good. I haven't felt this good in a long time. Just happy to see the guys. Uh, I want to compete, and you know, I'm gonna go out there and give it my all, and 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 work as hard as I can to show that I belong up here. Thank you, Chris. That's what it's gonna be. Okay. There you have it. There you have it. Um, in other Baltimore uh, sports news here. I have to go back to you, Banks. Highwood Brown changes his number to five. Joe Flacco is your guy. He's always been your guy. Mm. You had some mixed feelings about this when it was initially announced that someone could wear five. Who should wear five? Can you wear five? Should Hollywood Brown wear five? He is wearing five. It is official, announced today, as we record here on a Wednesday. I need another official statement from you on Hollywood Brown wearing Joe Flacco's not yet honored number five. This is a tough one. And the short version is I don't like it. Uh, is it enough to get me super riled up and super up in arms the way some people were today when this news was announced? I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, the Ravens don't officially have any numbers retired, um, but there's a level of, and this is where I think it irks me a tiny bit. There's just kind of a level of respect that have been given to 52 and 20 and 75 and 55. Like th- there's just, I don't know, an aura or just an understanding between players who come in here or whatever, that those numbers are just off limits. And five is right there on the cusp of whether or not it should be included in that. I think personally, given what, dog shit quarterback situation this franchise had for the first 12 years of his existence and the way he elevated that pretty much from the day he came in slowly came along steadily improved and then peaked with what should have been back-to-back super bowls in my opinion that's a whole nother story Mm. but um what he did and and consistently get that team to the playoffs at least in that that first five years um and and win a playoff game every single every single year and just kind of bring bring the quarterback position to a respectable place for this franchise and winning a Super Bowl. I feel like it's worthy of the type of consideration that some of these other guys have. And I don't think that that Hollywood should have broached the number. I don't think he should have taken it, but it's not enough for me to just stand up and get like super furious about it and lose my brain online about it. And, and all that stuff. Like I'm maybe five years ago, I get super, like if someone told me five years later that this was going to happen, I'd be so furious, but um, you know, there's, I mean, we're talking about numbers, talking about player numbers, like 
come on. Like, it's not that big of a deal. If you're going to lose your brain about it, like, you probably have to shuffle some priorities in your life. Are you going so, soft, Banks? I might be going a little soft. I'm getting a little squishy <laughs> here. <laughs> I, I, I turned 30 last month, and I'm. I can I'm only keep, imagine the washed. tirade a younger Banks would have. Oh, young Banks would have would have had at it. They absolutely eviscerated. I might just for old times' sake. I wrote a I wrote kind of a, a thank you Joe Flacco blog. Um, this will get people going a little bit. I'm just alive. Yeah, um, put yeah, put that. I out. might retweet that blog from from when they officially traded him. So. This is me searching my own Twitter uh, live here. So under retweet, redo retweet. I think it's an interesting one because, like you said, the Ravens don't officially retire any numbers. It's funny. We're having a discussion in Maryland today about our numbers, basketball. We don't officially retire any numbers either. But there's almost like an understanding that's not talked about that, like, no one is going to wear three or 34, Juan Dex and Lembais. Right now, at in Baltimore, it seems like those numbers are 20 and 52. And it was kind of a question after that where they stretched. And um, I guess they clearly don't stretch to five. <laughs> they clearly don't stretch to five. Uh, and I think some people thought it would. But, you know, the two other guys that sort of have that distinction are, are Hall of Famers. So Joe Flacco, as much as we love Joe Flacco, not, not a Hall of Famer. Should have won two Super Bowls. Uh, Could have won two Super Bowls. Sure. Um, Jonathan Ogden, seventy-five. I guess is probably not he, tossed he around either. He should definitely be in there. Um, well, I mean, in terms of retired numbers or numbers yeah. that are just off limits. And, and maybe the Ravens will just do it with whoever makes the Hall of Fame. That's uh, a, so at a that's certain what point. I, but it's 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 an interesting discussion. I don't. I, I do. Hollywood Brown would have been smart, and I, and I. I'm not. This is not a critique of him at all. He doesn't have to do this. It would have been cool had he like said something about the Flacco piece of wearing number five. Like, but then again, like, where does that stop in terms of like wearing guys' numbers and like saying that? I think it would have appeased a portion of the fan base that because he's kind of a volatile guy because you know started off slow. The comments about not getting passes thrown to him, but look, he's trying to get his mojo back. He was great in five in college. No issue with him wearing the number. I'm excited for him to wear five. I'm excited for receivers in single digits. It's awesome in college. It's going to be awesome in the NFL. So going back to what you were saying about, like, you know, the Ravens players going into the Hall of Fame and get your number retired, I tweeted earlier, like, that's obviously what the Orioles do with their retired numbers and statues. And I said, like, you know, there's not many things the Orioles do better than the Ravens, and it seems like like that's one of the things that that they've kind of, you know, stuck stuck their foot in the mud with. And again, like people are like, oh, Adam Jones should get his number retired. Like, nope, it's, it's, if he's not going to be in Canton, same, or not Canton, if he's not going to be in Cooperstown, it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, people were fired up and rightfully so. I could understand it. Um, I saw some people like Banks who were like, okay, fine. I'm like, they're not going to sleep, lose sleep over it. Yeah. I already got a little mad about it like a month ago. So yeah. I'm already like, all right, like he's, he really might do this. And then he went ahead and did it. So I'd already kind of like softened and already accepted it a little it. bit. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. Like you said, at the end of the day, it's, it, you know what? I would be pissed. I would be pissed if I bought a Hollywood Brown Jersey, you know, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. Oh no. I bought one last yeah. year. I mean, come yeah. on, man. I got there's this gotta in- be, maybe there's a Jersey like uh trade in, I would hope that they do that. I don't think they're going to do that, but that no. would be nice because I would like to get a discount name. or something. Yeah, I would like to get some money off for the I, I, 
for another, I honestly probably wouldn't get Hollywood Brown number five at this point. I'd probably get somebody else. No, it's not a shot at Hollywood. I just think I, if I had the option to just choose anybody, I'd probably get somebody else. What do you think of the Patrick Queen six? I was going to get to that. Six, I think we all know it. Six is a terrible number. It's bad. A bad it's just a bad linebacker bad number. number. So, like, I'm just coming from college and having, you know, we all watch college football, but just having watched the, the Maryland numbers kind of go to different things. Um, like, there are cool single-digit linebacker numbers, like one. Like, when Jermaine mm-hmm. Carter wore one, it was sweet. Absolutely sweet. Six, like it's almost the worst one of the single digits. It is. It, it might be the worst football digits. number in the single digits. All right, mark it down. Our next starting five worst numbers for football. It's just like just do worst numbers in general. <laughs> we can do that. Like who's no, the, who's the what, what number is six the best in? Or excuse me, what sport is six the best in? Like when you see a six. Basketball, like it's good, Melvin it's Mora. Pretty, it was tough. Like it's a good, so, it's a pretty, it's a decent soccer number. You play the six, you play defensive midfield. Yeah, you're I'm single sure. digit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a representative of a position on the field. Again, like, I, I think of LeBron on the Heat in six. Awful. Oh yeah, Bill, Jordan, and, Bill Jordan, and LeBron. Jordan. So you got yeah. Melvin Mora. You've got Baker Mount- Mayfield, I believe. Six. You've got Jay Cutler. That's the first guy I think of. Jay Cutler. Yeah. I don't I just, know why. I, I feel like Patrick Queen just wanted a single digit and just kind of picked the one that was there. <laughs> yep, no Russell, Stan Musial, uh, Dr. Go with J, one. Cutler, Al Kaline, Chris Stops. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't just wear one. Somebody, <laughs> Sean Bateman should have worn one. I agree. That, that would have been, been, been a fun jersey. Or that would have th- been a good why is it? Why wouldn't you wear three? Why didn't you wear three? Are we not touching? Are we not touching Matt Stover? I don't. Uh, I guess. But Kenji Bahar is wearing Kenji, ba- Kenji Bahar is wearing it in in minicamp right now. Is he? Uh, Bob yeah. had it. Calvert Hall's years. finest, by the way. Calvert Hall's finest, Kenji Bahar. Um, yeah. Tyler Huntley's in two. Lamar Jackson in eight. Trace McSorley in seven. Hollywood Brown in five. And um, Sam Cook in four. Justin Tucker in nine. I'm curious to see how many people are going to do the duct tape job. Oh, if I think any. a lot. I think a lot. I think mm. people. I think people definitely do that. And Patrick Queen in six. So I'm thinking about one getting, is still on the table. I'm Who thinking about one? getting a 66 and taping over it and writing Baltimore. <laughs> More on that sure. later. Sure. Um, yeah. Somebody's got to toss the one on. I'm. I'm. Other wide receivers. I mean, we essentially have no wide receivers in the '80s except for Miles Boykin at this point. Yeah, he's just on his own. And, and Benjamin Victor in '81. Dante, the the guy that was like Lamar's high school teammate, who's in yeah, right that's now. Right. He's, he's wearing '82. <laughs> Jalen Moore in ten. James Prochet in eleven. Duvernay thirteen. Deion Kane seventeen. Rashad Bateman twelve. Tylen Wallace sixteen. See, I like 12, that twelve I play. I don't think twelve is a good receiver number. I disagree. I like it a lot. I, 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 Kobe Jones is who I'm kind of like has my, have my brain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just can't believe one is sitting there. And no one wants to wear one. Patrick Queen in one would have been sweet. I don't know why one doesn't feel as sweet in the, in NFL, the NFL as it does in college. Yeah, I just don't think enough. I think it's about to hunters. because I think it's about to because um, because of this change for sure. If this if and Kyler Murray's wearing one. 
True. Okay. So it's just gonna you're it's gonna watch more back, guys really. flourish and what. I mean, Cam made a cool Cam wore one. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um. Yeah. Diggs says he's not gonna change. I think yeah, he already came out and said he's not if, gonna change. If he would have gone to one in those Bills uniforms, God. that would have been my. God. That would have been amazing. I probably would have bought that jersey. I'm not gonna buy Steph's 14, but I might have got his one just to have because I have his Maryland one. Mm. Um. Well, it's not his Maryland one. It's just excuse me. You're right. You're generic. exactly. You are. Well, you're exactly <laughs> right about that. You're exactly yeah, yeah, great yeah. catch, RDT. It's <laughs> Stephon Diggs. We'll bleep that out. It is, I think I have yeah, a Bruce Perry. I think I just committed an NCAA violation. Yep. Well, thank you. Yeah. Turn in your key this cards. Might, yeah, this might get me fired. Well, you have to like self-report if you commit any violation, you know, commit any knowing violations at the end of the year. So when I fill that document out, I'll make sure to put this. I'll make sure to note that. Comment. Well, well, I'm going to bleep it out. So this won't. Okay, sure. We'll keep sure, this sure. So we comment. Yeah, we'll keep this. We'll keep this right here. Keep this right here. Uh, that was, the, that was, the, it was the, the discussion of that on Twitter was kind of interesting to watch, you know. Feel like you have your Flacco people, you have your Hollywood people, kind of going back and forth, whatever. People are mad, and yeah. I I just can't. There's just a lot of lot of dumb like outrage on Twitter. It's it's mid May, people. Like we can't be doing this. Save your energy for Sundays and in the fall. I I think that there is just a yearning for NFL talk at all times, and people are just gonna look for. People are just going to look for as much as possible. Can I interest you in a week 15 Steelers-Titans <laughs> matchup? Smoke emoji face? You know what's one of the funny things that happens in the you know world of our show is people attacking you for having opinions about the Ravens as a Titans fan. That's actually one of my favorite things that happens on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, people attack. And yeah, I'm like, they're like, why are we, why do we have a, a Titans fan analyzing the Ravens? I love like, so I good. think, I think I'm pretty like fair towards it. Like, no, I said, you are. You, I think you I say pick them to win every game, except you don't, one don't even need to pick them to win. You can pick them to lose every game. Part of the, part of the fun of having you on is having us not agree on every single thing that happens. Pretty that's much, all, but all, it's just so funny. It's like, why? Well, why do you get an opinion? It's like, well, everyone that watches the NFL watches all the teams. I mean, you, yeah. you you get to know all the teams. Like I've literally said, like I enjoy Lamar Jackson. I like him. Like, people are like, oh, well, we know can't which side you on. Can't can't talk about yeah. it. Can't, you yeah. can't talk about it. How dare I? Uh, Ravens mini camp rookie class was in the building. There are reports out of there. I don't think you can learn much from these things. No one seemed to be a red flag. That's always good. Like no red, nobody like showing up late. Nobody doing anything wrong. Um, Zarebeck wrote some good things about um, about Sean Wade. You know, there's there there it, there's just never that much to say about it. But I always feel like you want to get through those rookie mini camps and mini camps without any injuries and with no reports of like conflict and we, we got through that we got through the first one unscathed any thoughts on the ravens mini camp from you banks we locked uh, in. my videos sorry this guy was playoff hockey going on no we're, we're this is this has been a a a trial and focus as the three of us yeah we, it's cast. overtime hockey 1504 to go in overtime and i got now. let them play uh content coming across my feed mm. so mini camp though which is speaking of content, I'm all in it for just the highlights of just just like Rashad Bateman running an out and catching an out route. Yeah, and it's like oh, getting his, it's his like two a- feet down. It's like oh, those hands. <laughs> oh yeah. One of the, the best one was um, Oa just hitting the. Uh, I just can never <laughs> just, know what those things are called. 
you know, everyone knows it's, it's a, a tackle machine. Yeah, the sled, excuse me, sled, thank you. Just hitting the sled with his hands, like, look at that, get off. Oh, yeah, he just rips. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, hands what a rip. Right. He's a willing learner. Oh, my um, God. So I'll good. give you something here. Uh, listening to Wink Martindale on the, the PSL uh, call-in that they do, they do a couple of these every offseason. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, <laughs> I, I invited Eric DaCosta for a catch and a beer at one point, and I'm still waiting back to hear an official word on that on one of these calls early in the pandemic. But um, Winks essentially just talked up OA in such a way that has me all fired up about it. Like, yeah, he's going to get to the quarterback, um, obviously, and like just about how sacks themselves are overrated and, and he's going to hit, you know, and how, how he's already better than most of the roster in terms of setting the edge and stopping the run and doing all the first and second down types of things. Like he, he looks in terms of like his frame, cause he's pretty lean. He looks like he would be an Elvis Doomerville kind of type of guy that comes in on third down and rushes a quarterback. And hopefully we have a, you know, hopefully be, becomes a guy who's, you know, racks up a dozen sacks in a season. He's not that guy. He's supposed to be a three down linebacker. Who's going to, do all the things and, and be an important piece of the defense beyond just a certain set of downs. So um, just his energy talking about OA has me fired up and has me, you know, I I've said that that, that was the pick that I think everyone's a little less confident in and isn't as excited about. And that kind of got me there. Yeah. I think the one thing about him is, um, you, you know, you, you have to have, at this point, certain physical traits to, you know, accomplish things on out on the edge. And he clearly has those. And so now it's just a coaching question and a question about how hard he's going to work. And I would trust our staff and everything he said has been on the up and up in terms of, you know, getting out there and learning and everything. The one thing that Zarebek had in his report that I thought was fun and I'll, we'll be interested to see if the Ravens exploit this from a content perspective is, he said that the interplay between Wink and Rob Ryan was just an incredibly enjoyable experience watching Rob Ryan coach guys That's up. That's what I've heard from behind the This room is crazy right now. How Rob Ryan will um, relate to Queen and Mully Harrison when those guys are around and sort of developing them as young linebackers. Um, I guess though he is a departure from the previous coaching style in that room. So that will be interesting to see. And um, – and could be a fun storyline. Obviously the Ryan family, a lot of success in Baltimore. So, you know, the, the reputation is good right here. Uh, we have to go through our, our DMV sports here as we sit here and watch the cast. We, we, we keep it Baltimore most of the time, but the two DC teams, which I, I mean, for some people are the adopted teams of Baltimore and the NHL and the NBA, both in playoff action, depending on how you want to define the play tournament, which we just had a discussion about before the pod started. Uh, we'll start with the caps here. I, 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 maybe we can't start with the caps. Just Banks freaks out watching the game. I'm behind. I'm behind. Oh, I'm the behind. puck was in the crease, my man. It was. I, I'm behind both of you guys on Fubo TV. So I'm just watching your reactions. Although Eric is just not watching anything right now. He's no, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm just trying to stay even keel and not give it away. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. No, I. Yeah, you do whatever you want. I. I don't care. Uh, Banks watching on Hulu. Uh, who well, they don't sports. have live sports. They don't have live sports. Oh, they, have tape, they have tape delayed sports. It's just a replay and, of what we just watched. And Eric is watching on his cable. I guess we'll get to the Wizards then as we watch this. Uh, the Wizards played. Wizards made a great run at the end of the year to uh, get to the 7-8 game in the play-in tournament, the NBA play-in tournament, which is new this year. 
seven and eight play for the right to have the seven seed. The loser of the seven, eight game plays the winner of a nine, 10 game to get the eight seed. Uh, the wizards uh, played great at the end of the first half. And then Jason Tatum just put them on the ground in the, in the second half scored 50 lost by 18. So now the wizards will play the Pacers who stopped the Hornets. Yeah. Would they, uh, how many, the how right many, to the eight seed. I would love for the wizards to, uh, they won 144 set 117. They yeah. were on them all over the game. The, yeah. yeah, all over the game. The whole game. Excuse me. They were up double digits in the first quarter. Yeah, it was never a, looked back. Yeah, never looked back. Uh, it would be nice. This is a kind of a fun Wizards team. The Westbrook thing's fun. Bradley Beal is incredible. He's hurt right now. And that I was going to say, that's the thing that sucks is like watching him last night hold his hamstring and like kind of not stretch lift, it. He was yeah. stretching it in the timeouts. Yeah. And you could tell like the guy. I mean, again, he's been here. What he's been here? What almost. How long has he been here? Eight or might nine years? 2011 would, might have been his draft year. And it, uh, that sounds about right. And again, it's like, it's like you know, he's, he's been here through a lot of shit. He's and not, 20, 2012 draft. And not much of it has been good. And now, you know, I mean, they're, they're literally knocking on the door again. They've had an insane, what, three weeks, two or three weeks? Just a very fun month. They've had and a I, very fun month. What was the thing? They were like 17 and 32 on April 5th, I think. They're like fourth worst in the league or something. Yeah, I think they went sixteen and five down the stretch, and they I earned mean, what would have been a playoff spot in a normal year. In a normal year, on the last so, day, which would have been yeah, for the change would have been epic. Yeah, um, it, it just sucks it to watch it kind of go down because now it's going to feel like you're backing into the playoffs, and again, Beal Beal's not going to be healthy at all, no matter how far they go. Or yeah, they he they just don't have enough time to get that healthy. No, no, and that again, that's not something that like oh yeah, two days of rest, you're fine, you know, and you don't have to worry about it. it it'll pop up whenever it wants to. Westbrook is just, and he's been incredible during this streak, and we really haven't touched on it on here, but the triple double record, you know, he just comp- and and he is so divisive in the NBA and amongst NBA fans, but his ability to compete is just ridiculous. And he really, you know, with Beal kind of hobbled, willed this team into the, pl- into the playoffs. I'm going to call it the playoffs. I think the plan tournaments, the playoffs will, the- and they got the eight seed. So will this team into the playoffs and um, he didn't have the shot last night, but I think, I think that trade is ultimately a success. I know people, wanted the wizards to go the other way but if they weren't going to trade beal you had to try to get somebody um to help out so they did that and uh they've been they've been fun to watch and hopefully they can beat the pacers and they will go have the right to lose to the to the sixers they're not going to beat the sixers in seven but you know it would be nice to have playoff basketball in dc Sure. Yeah, I, the thing – we talked about Russell Westbrook a bit when, when the trade was actually made for him to come here, and we were all fired up about it. I mean, I, I love Russell Westbrook. I think he's one of the few guys that truly goes out there and, and gives the fans their money, money's worth and plays the game hard all the time, and that's the narrative on him, and, and I appreciate that a lot about him. And he's probably um, – I mean, he has as much of an engine as anybody else in the league. Yep. But he's probably worn himself down a little bit, pushing these guys as far as they have. And there's a chance after watching that game last night that he's running out of steam here, especially if he has to pick up more of a load with Beal kind of hurting and and not playing a, a full load of minutes. So, um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that that may be the way it plays out. We'll see how it goes tomorrow night. But um, yeah, and either way, be- they've got a lot to be proud of. 
Yeah, they're going to need some more from a guy like Bertans, who was yeah, just they gotta, they gotta shoot better. horrible last night. I mean, mm. he was awful. They were 3 for 21 from three as a team. I mean, you, we don't have to go over this much more here in terms of going through their roster. But, I mean, they started Alex Len and Raul Neto last night. And I love Alex Len, but that is those are two guys that should not be starting on an NBA playoff team. Um, and, you know, you have Robin Lopez – you know, the, Ish Smith gave them good minutes last night. They're like playing Garrison Matthews and Cassius Winston, and you know they're kind of just putting it together with with you know Daniel did, Gafford uh, is playing big minutes. Did Alex Len ever get married to that girl who's dating on the basketball Townsend? team? No, yeah, no, they oh. broke up a couple. Uh, I think like a year after they both left college, I believe mm. was the way to bring up way to bring up old scars. really tall couple. Uh, yeah, no, six, I seven. saw them at Chick Fil A every Tuesday and Thursday between. 1230 and two o'clock. Yeah. Those are tall people. Clockwork. And Boston Alex market. Lane, hopefully still enjoying the Boston market. Hopefully still enjoying the yep. Boston market. Uh, Washington capitals tied one, one, although that could change at any point here as we sit here and watch this game. Uh, as you guys watch the caps, you, it was funny. You guys watch more regular season capitals than I do. No doubt about it. So you've got a much more of a beat on the team. You said something interesting banks that you feel like they just look a step slow a lot of these guys and whether that's injury or fatigue or just not being all the way there, that indicates to me that you don't feel like they have a run in them to go, you know, to win multiple series in the playoffs. right now. And it's, it would, it would have been easy to say that a week or two ago when, I mean, they had the week there with Tom Wilson and everything going on, which was like awesome. But at the same time we had, you know, Kuznetsov and Samsonov going under the, the COVID thing. We had Ovi on the shelf, um, all the stuff with Oshie. Kuznetsov's had, had his, a tough situation with the COVID. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's had a tough job. He's has a tough time with the organization right now, and he may be on on the block here in the off season. But they need him too much right now. Between you know Lars Eller's down tonight, um, and who knows how long he's going to be out. So, yeah, just just a, a few of these guys just don't look like they're themselves. John Carlson especially. He just it seems like at the end of every shift he's begging to get off the ice. Um, and, and I, I went to the game on, on, on Monday Sunday. night and, you know, I sat behind one of the goals up the upper deck where you get that, like that NHL, uh, shell the video yep. game, like you get that view of everything and you get a real sense of the flow and who's moving well and who's not. And Carlson really didn't look like he was moving great. Um, Ovechkin, you know, he's coming back from injury doesn't quite have that extra gear and Backstrom sometimes coming through the neutral zone doesn't seem to have a lot of steam. So, I mean, these are all key guys and, and they didn't, they don't, that game doesn't get to overtime tonight or in game two without the grinders out there. I mean, the fourth line's been playing their balls off and, um, and I, I'll be honest, I, I can't say I had, I was all that tuned into game one because we were in the box, but um, it felt like they carried the team then too. So um Usually when it comes to this time of year, you're like begging your third and fourth line to contribute and they're the ones carrying the team right now. So um, we'll see if they can put it together. But when you get a game in overtime, like this one ongoing, you, you can't give, like, you just have to get it. You just have to be the team on the yeah, right. Yeah. I was going to say this game feels like one they kind of need. Yeah. I don't um, feel like they can fall behind in this series and, and really make a run and win three out of four um, with, with not having the home ice advantage either. So, um, yeah, it's this, it feels like the season here that we've been wrong about the Capitals before when they've been down in the first round, but, um, 
we'll see how it goes. Fingers it's funny because in, in the bubble, we talked about it, in the bubble, it felt like they came in with very little energy and, and you know, you know, end of a, end of a coaching, you know, tenure yeah, they there. They got boat raced. They got absolutely boated. They're obviously not getting boated here, but would be kind of too, if they lost in the first round here, it would be two consecutive, I don't know, disappointing to the word, but maybe concerning in terms of is this core that they have, you know, do they need to figure out a way to kind of refresh this core? Like, can they keep going to battle year after year, adding pieces around the core guys they have? Is the core just not going to get them to the promised land? I think the Mantha trade was a bit, was a good step towards that. Um, Obviously you gave up another young piece to do it, but um, yeah, it's just, it's, this is another weird uh, season and, the circumstances here seem like it might be injuries. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's really anything going on with Carlson or not, but it just, it just feels like he's one of those guys that you're, you know, when the season ends, you're going to find out on locker clean out day, like, Oh yeah, he's playing with a broken collarbone the entire time or some shit like that. Oh yeah. yeah. I was going to, I was going to say it's one of those at the end of the season, we're going to get the laundry list of players and Oh, here's who's having surgery on what and, and blah, blah, blah. And it'll be like, Backstrom, Carlson, you know, all those guys. And yeah, it's, uh, I'm with you though. Like it doesn't feel like there's a deep run in this. And again, it feels like this is basically almost like a game seven kind of. Yeah. They, they have a a bunch of guys playing well and playing fast. And I think giving great effort. I don't know that the effort level is, is is an issue. It's just some of these first line guys, some of these core guys don't seem to have that extra gear that they often have this time of year. Yeah, and that's ultimately when you need to, you know, win the whole thing. You need your, you need your stars to be your stars. Yeah. Um, and we'll see. As you said, you know, you could play your, you know, get a couple wins in this series, and kind of play your way into form, um, in terms of being, you know, playoff contender. But in terms of watching the last two games, they don't look like a team that can win the whole thing. But it's the NHL, so <laughs> you can find it at any time and become a team that can win the whole thing. As I have six forty-six to go, um, reading wait. off. Sorry, seven forty-six. Oh, I was go. like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. I'm at, yeah, I'm Excuse at seven thirty-seven. So I'm, yeah, like, I'm at seven so, right now. Yeah, so two-two. Uh, so nothing uh, happened. Really terrible, really terrible score bug from NBC. Oh yeah, I'm surprised Just you talked about that. Limping. Yet. Well, I was we were I was you know gonna finish off the conversation with that. Well, you're not watching it on. On NBC Comcast Sportsnet, or uh, I just turned to the first thing I had Fubo TV. I'm not sure I have the local channel on Fubo TV up here. I was I was very <laughs> surprised when I turned it on Monday and was getting Joby and Locker. They do that the first round. You can always you're first always going to get you always okay. you can always watch on your local TV and it doesn't get blacked out. The national broadcast doesn't get blacked that. Out. That's what it. That's how the NHL is. does it. The NBA does the same thing. Yeah, and so. I know it was weird last year with the whole with with obviously the COVID in the bubble, but I was like I I totally forgot. Also the 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 audio last night on the Wizards Celtics game. To start out, did anyone else? They, they were having some issues with the Marv Albert home broadcast. I, I thought that I, I needed my ears popped or something. Like I think Coley said it best. Coley said it sounded like Marv Albert was recording a podcast and the game was on. In the I other saw game. that. That was exactly right. <laughs> it was so perfect. And Marv Albert's retiring, so it's not. It, it's a tough start to the playoffs for him as he you know goes out on his on his shield there. Broadcasting games remote apparently has been very hard for him. He's obviously why is that, and why is that still going on in the NBA? I think they're sending them for the series. I think once they get to the series, they will not be remote anymore. I believe okay. they will it be just, out the sites. But I, I think, can't remember. 
I think I know like I a lot of the NBA teams are still doing that. And I, I just don't understand why it, it, a lot of it's, I think just circumstantial and travel and mm-hmm. what people, what individual people are willing to do and what, yeah. Who feels comfortable and all that. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, oh, yeah. So uh, don't do that. we will give you a, uh, we will give you an update here. <laughs> If this game ends, this will be great. People will listen to this, and this game will be over. First. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I know. I was waiting for you to get there. The bad turnover. Oh, no. Oh, the turnover was the initial, oh, don't do that. That probably came through the mic. The, don't do that did come through the mic. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? I just saw it probably. Also, yeah, they said the cap that, started. Right in his I, chest. I, should uh, just, I should just start doing commentary here. Three straight overtime games to start a series. Caps did it in 2017 and 2018. <laughs> mm. um, because it's never been done before. I, I almost, I almost struggle to even take us to the starting five draft here, but we have to, we have to continue on with the show. <laughs> we the show, we the just show must, must, we just must continue on with the show. Starting five this week. Starting five as always, presented by our friends at Fed Thrill. Make sure to use Exit 52 at checkout for a 20 percent off discount. Uh, they were nice enough to send us some shades. Uh, that we were rocking at the Orioles game on Saturday. Like I said, I got to get with Fed Thrill to see if I can stick some really thick prescription lenses in those things, but some tremendous sunglasses from those guys uh, and very much appreciated. Um, I was going to say, Thrill. I mean, sitting out at the, the picnic table of pickles, it was, it was nice and sunny. Yep. Um, we, we ordered the buckets of beer and the sun was jumping off right off that bucket, right into my eyes. Thanks was nice enough to, uh, to give me some of the pairs and, my O hosts were shielded and, and it was a great day. Yep. So exit exit fifty-two at checkout. Um, make sure to use it. The starting five this week is uh, in light of the Derek Jeter sort of pseudo last dance podcast or podcast, excuse me, documentary um, that ESPN is gonna do. Producers of the last dance are gonna be on it. They're gonna do there's a lot of talk about Jeter, does he deserve something like this? Is he I don't. I would posit that I'm not even sure Derek Jeter is all that interesting, um, and I'm not really a Jeter hater. But there's nothing unless they jump into like his love life or something. There's really not all that interesting for him on the field for me. You know, he's a great player, whatever. Um, but maybe there is. Maybe there is some behind the scenes stuff that we haven't seen that has been shot. And so we're gonna do our five sports documentaries that we would like to see. Now, we kept this very open-ended. It could be on an athlete. It could be on a period of time. It could be on a certain sport and an aspect of it. And it can also be, even if there's been a documentary about them, if someone didn't feel like that was up to snuff of what they kind of wanted, uh, we allowed that to be open as well. I think there are some guys like, you know, like I'll just say it, like Jordan. I mean, that that is done. I mean, I mean, I don't really know what else you could ask for a Michael Jordan documentary. I guess somebody could take him. But – the first pick is Banks. Second pick, RDT. I have the double pick. So, Banks, as you uh, stress out here watching this game, give us your first pick. I am going to take, and this is a big homer pick, and this is kind of a pivot off the Derek Jeter thing. I want a like just a full biopic type with probably an emphasis on 2131. I want a yeah. Cal Ripken documentary. Um, probably an easy pick. Uh probably chalk i've got some creative stuff up my sleeve here for the rest of the picks but i just if this was on the board and i just let it go with my positioning with this draft it was not going to get back to me and i needed to have it i i think that if they had the footage they could do a similar last dance style where they pivot the season with the career 
and you go through the 2131 in the eyes of the rest of his career leading up to it. Yeah, and do stuff like, with his family and mm-hmm. you know the Ripkins in baseball and him growing up around here and all those different things. I think there is a documentary made here. And I think Ripkin would do it. So I'm actually surprised. I think MLB TV has maybe done something sort of on him, but there's something there. I mean, I'm surprised um, there hasn't been a 30 for 30 on that, considering that was such a big deal in that era. He was sportsman of the year, you know, all that stuff. That may be a good, uh, a good question. We could ask our buddy, John Maroon had a Maroon PR who was in Cal's pocket. He was the Orioles PR guy uh, during that time. I, I, I mean, I would, I'm sure he is an open book and has an insane amount of stories about that. But yeah. it's just I, a question I, then of like, is the footage there from the Orioles side? Yeah. You know, of different I mean, biases. yeah, that's you what really think made. everything. That's what made the last, that's what made the last dance. That, that's what I'm thinking too. So like for this Jeter one, they just got all this footage. You record it and then you just sit on it for, for five or six years. You edit it and you cut it down and then you just kind of forget about it. And don't tell anyone. Yeah. I don't know. That's what they did. With you got the second pick RDT. Yeah, and that's a good pick because that was that was getting taken. That was getting stolen. Um, I will go. I I kind of want a full like look in, and again, this doesn't really focus on one person. I want something. It's it's. There's a book called uh, uh, you know these guys have all the fun. I want something on Sports Center and kind of the mm. entire. And I know they kind of did it. I remember when they had their what twenty thousandth episode. Probably yeah, they've they've done ago. some things internally, but nothing I would, with a ton of scope. Yeah, and I would love something that's kind of a sit down with, and and, and I don't know if it's spurned on with the Kenny Main leaving this, you know, but all those old. I mean, the the Van Pelts and and you know, obviously a lot of people talking about Stu Scott and the Berman stories and stuff like that. I I think there is a really neat. Story. I'm sure there's a ton of stories that you can't tell if you read the book, um, but I'm sure there's a lot of cool behind-the-scenes stuff and, and interesting stories from people and, and stuff like that. So I, I think that would be something uh, pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, I think there's no doubt a ton there. You got the old man Dan Patrick stuff, the iterations of how that show's flowed, how it is now, and how it's sort of lost, how it still has a glint of the significance of getting on SportsCenter, but also isn't sort of the – the show of record that it used to be, you know, watching at 11, watching in the morning. And that's where you got your sports say, news because of social media and, and how people now consume sports highlights. It's a fascinating topic and how they've tried to rejigger that show a thousand times and how SVP show kind of still represents, you know, like mm-hmm. I love when SVP comes on and kind of goes through the day in sports. It's a it's really well done show. I think that's yeah. a really good one. That's a really good pick. Um, I am going to get one local one out of the way. Not to pander to the audience, but I also just want to see this guy, especially after the Hall of Fame speech. I would like an Ed Reed documentary profiling his life. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there. I think you see the way he breaks down the game. That's an element to it. I think he's an incredible storyteller. And I think a lot of this stuff can come down to, um, you know, how good the subject is at telling stories and the stories that are told about him. And I think the way he's beloved, you would think that people would participate and give you a lot of good stuff about him. And, you know, a one city guy is always fun because you can just connect back and, you know, the stuff with Miami, he was just in so many cool things. Uh, I would like one about him. So I'm going to take him first. And then um, I'm going to take a guy, a a documentary that's sort of related to one guy, but would, would kind of scan things. And I, I want a documentary on the boom of the X Games, specifically in the view of like Tony Hawk, 
like that era, I think has never been profiled in a way that, you know, I'm sure ESPN's done some stuff like little things with the X games, but like, that was such a defining thing. The video game, Tony Hawk skateboarding, you know, all of how the X games came to be is essentially just a, a, a showcase for action sports that ESPN put together by themselves um, and how that had a huge cultural moment. And now really is back to being kind of a sub niche culture. It kind of had its moment in the sun. Uh, I would like that. So I'm going Tony Hawk X games. I met uh, Sal Masakela at a Wizards game. Oh, legend. And like, <laughs> I oh, the legend. Out. I mean, he's an absolute legend. Yeah. He, was, he was coming off the court and I like said something to him and he was like shocked. And this was, it was the year, it was 02, 03. When was Juan and, and Jared Jeffries' rookie year? Yeah, By uh, the way, it would have been 02, 03. Jared Jeffries, apparently huge Jimmy's yeah, yeah. seafood guy. Just hanging out at Jimmy's all weekend. Sure. I had no idea. I had no Indiana idea that guy. But um, yeah, I, I talked with Sal Masekela for probably 35, 40 minutes. Jeez. And he was the nicest person I've ever Oh, seen. I would have been starstruck, I got to be honest. Yeah, it was, it, that was cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, I was a big uh, Bucky Lassick. Guy, obviously, Dundalk ties, you know, yep. always had the Oriole or something like that on his board. So had to. Uh, RDT. Back to me. Um, this is, we talked about it before. You can't really go wrong with any of these picks, really. Um, no, there's so many things you can do. Here. Yeah, I mean, those are, a- all the picks so far have not been on my board, and I've loved, I've loved every single one of the picks. Give me a. This is when we could have done teams of like 20. Yeah. Yeah, I'm realizing that. So I all right, so this this not really uh, kind of a personal one. The I, I want another look at the the whole Steve McNair um uh, mm. career story. I know NFL Network did the uh their football life and it was I think it's like an hour, it's like an hour and fifteen minutes, and it's kind of just all about Steve and obviously, you know, his career and then what happens afterwards. Um I don't know if you guys listened to the podcast with the, but done by Sports Illustrated. I, I did, and I've heard of it, and I heard it's really good. I have not listened to it. It talks about some stuff that has not really seen the public light and apparently is very well known in Tennessee and around his teammates about why he was, quote, killed and who did it and um, what things were cut off and placed into his mouth when the police found him. It's unbelievable. Um, so again, this could, this could be, I, I would obviously would love to watch all of his career highlights again and a whole story about his football career, but there's, there's, you know, I'm surprised that it wasn't picked up and made into a TV documentary or in, now that I think about it, MSNBC did like an hour long special on it, but that was kind of it. And they dropped it and they didn't go forward. Tough subject matter, but they, you know, Aaron Hernandez is a documentary, so you know. yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I uh, give, give me, yeah, I, I want to see something with with Steve McNair. And again, if you haven't listened to that podcast, I would highly recommend going back. I think he came out probably two, maybe two years ago, three years ago. Very, yeah. very, very interesting stuff. Banks, you got two. I do have two. I'm surprised that this one got back to me. It's another local one, but it's also. One of the, I mean, maybe the most accomplished person in sports is Michael Phelps. Mm. Michael Phelps, I haven't really seen a documentary. I know he lives kind of like a, likes to live a private life because his life was so out there for a bit. But he's a guy who's gone through some tribulations and, and difficulties and, and a lot of time in the public eye. And also some incredible triumphs. And um, just him being a local guy just kind of adds to that too. So 
I got to take Michael Phelps. Yeah, I think there's there's something to him maybe doing one. He's big on the mental health piece right now with, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And maybe there's a place for him to kind of switch. But I think you're right. After some of the public failings, I think after the recent success, he's kind of, you know, he, he keeps so low profile. You see him like pop up at things. You see him like pop up at golf tournaments and stuff. But yeah, I mean. What a run for that guy. I was going to say, I think I, I think I remember reading something or hearing something that he was kind of, he felt betrayed by not necessarily the media after that bong picture came out. And it was kind of like, a, I'm never going to trust anyone with a camera again. And like, mm-hmm. and again, you know, like you said, like with the mental health stuff and, and all that. And I'm not sure that he is one to really wants to, I mean, it would be fascinating. But I, I don't know if he's going to want to dive open and, and, you know, be an open book for people to talk about this at your lowest point. Talk about driving through, you know, going 80 through the tunnel and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, I, the stories, again, from that, I'm sure there are a ton of them. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. You got another one, I think. I do have another one. Um, this is one that uh, we don't want to be ready for now, but we want to be ready for in maybe five years. And it could be two of them. It could be three. It should probably be three. But I think a Nadal, Federer, Djokovic. Yes. Just a triumvirate, like a, the rivalry, just covering pretty much from what, like 2003 or four till now-ish is probably the window and maybe continuing to go forward. Um, 60 Minutes just did like a 10-minute spot on Nadal the other day. Very fascinating. I had no idea that he was from kind of a small island off the coast of Spain. Yeah, Mallorca. Yeah which is uh, – and just the fact that he is, like, very committed to this island and, and, and always, like, lives there and has built this island up. And um, very interesting guy that I, I would love to hear more about, uh, him growing up and then his just his rise to fame and all those types of things. And that could go for all three of these guys. It's funny. All three of those guys are not – they're obviously incredibly public figures. You don't know a ton about any of them. Um, you like you do what you don't, and I agree with you. There's a lot more behind them. I mean, you, all three of them represent places that, you know, Mallorca. You know, not to go into too much in like Spanish politics, but there's like a Catalan thing there. There's there's like some separation there where they want to be their own country. Federer represents a country that essentially has no sporting success outside of winter sports, and Djokovic represents a country that has been war torn and you know, all this different stuff. So there's like a lot that goes on besides those guys being like giant stars. I love that. Each one of them could get their own like multi-part documentary. There's also one to just be made about the greatest match of all time, Federer Nadal. I think there's been a book written about that already, but sure. That in itself is a defining sports mode the last 20 years. I've got like, I I think there's been one already, but it's been parodied as well, but I don't think anybody's going to take it. So I'm just going to, gonna say it the the isner mahout match yeah like that in itself is like we've got a lot of uh a biopic type picks that i think are in here or seasons or teams that would be like a singular event that you i would you know just to see every angle of yeah i think yeah. it's been done but um that would be a good quick like 30 or probably an hour long documentary that'd be pretty fascinating yeah rdt um, I am going to go give me – I, I kind of want a, a full deep dive. And, again, this is a guy I've read his book, um, super interesting. His career is 
is one of the more fascinating and bizarre ones we've ever seen. And I don't know with obviously with the stuff that has happened recently, um, Josh Hamilton, like his whole, again, to come up as a, as a, the number one prospect and just an absolute stud and getting into the drugs and alcohol and coming back from it, having, you know, those awesome seasons, um, the, the performance on the home run derby, where even though he didn't win, that's okay. Cause he still put on a show. And then the last couple of years, um, more not so great stuff where he doesn't seem like he's the best guy. Um, but just a fascinating kind of career. And again, I mean, he was at the highest of high almost and, and has definitely been at the lowest of lows. Um, you know, a guy, a guy who seemed like he, he, he was going to have it all and got it and not got it torn away, but he, he made some decisions that, that prevented him from, from keeping it up. So, yeah. I mean, like, he was the one – like, you remember he, he basically killed that guy when he threw him the, the foul ball, and the guy fell over the railing at the Rangers mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just – I mean, this guy was just the most – he couldn't get out of bad news as bad Yeah, things just happened. Away. It's just – yeah, I mean, again, it's not his fault, but it's just it's, – it's, it fits in with his career. That's a good one. Uh, I have two here. I'm going to start with, and there's been some documentaries and some things that have kind of broached this subject and used vehicles to, to talk about it. And this is a super self-serving one. Um, and I don't know if this will ever happen in a perfect way because of all the, the people involved. Just like a, the sort of development and boom of MMA has been talked about in a lot of like separate discussions at the Chuck and Tito 30 for 30. You know, there's all these different things about the Gracie's. And it probably will never happen perfectly because there's so much <laughs> dispute between some of the parties involved and the UFC making one would be very bent towards the UFC's way of, his, uh, the way of telling the history and an, a one that didn't have the UFC's approval would just bash the UFC. But it's incredible how big that sport has become. It, it's amazing that that sport essentially started in, you know, in its modern form in, you know, 19, in, in you know, not 19, 19, like 2002 or 2003 and the highest paid athlete in the world is a mixed martial artist this year. That's crazy. That's a 20 year, a 20 year rise where Conor McGregor makes $180 million fighting MMA. Uh, it's an incredibly fascinating sport. I think it's one that people casual sports fan consume in small moments. They consume in its big moments and don't know a ton about the underbelly of it. The, you know, the amazing luck and incredible drive that made it a huge, the UFC, a huge success you know, there's so many things that go into it. The way guys rise and fall so quickly, boxing is a similar thing. Uh, that is one I would love to see. Um, and it's, I love that sport. So it's, it's self-serving. Another sport I love that I just want to know more about. We've talked about it on the show. I need a history of darts. I need a history <laughs> of darts. I need a history of the PDC breaking oh away from the gosh. BDO. I need how the they, these geniuses made this into one of the great spectator sports of all time with the dancing and the singing. It's fucking darts. And there's 9,000 people freaking out about everything that's going on. The characters are interesting. They're all just people you would see at your local bar. They're the best athletes in the sport. I love, as we talked on the show, love watching darts. Don't know a lot about the history of it. Give me a darts documentary. Bring in Phil the Power Taylor. Bring in Van Gerwen. Bring in all the people that, you know, got this together. Why is it bigger than the Netherlands? I have no idea. I have no idea why the Netherlands produces great darts players. History of darts. 
<laughs> guy, it's an awesome pick. I mean, it's so random. It's just a perfect pick for you. But like, this, people are gonna see that and be like, "Well, that's the part where Taylor lost us." Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could, we could all have taken five pander picks. There are some, there are pander picks. I am playing some but heavy it's... hitters here, and I am looking at my board, and it's full of heavy hitters, and I mm. can't believe. No, this like, is all a personal preference. None of you baby. have taken a single pick off of my board, mm. which speaks to the category. But yeah, uh, none of you. Yeah, I don't have any ones that you, except for Ripken. I had Ripken on the board. Yeah, yeah. I had Ripken, obviously. Back to me. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I and I, so I think people, I think they've done something on this. I don't think there was an ESPN 30 for 30, I think there was one of those shorts. I need like a full length hour and a half, two hours on Doc Ellis and the no hitter on LSD. I think pound for pound, <laughs> that is the most amazing athletic achievement ever. You will never convince me that anything done on any sporting, on any field, court, diamond, pool, anything is more impressive than that. I want like, I, I need to know it all. I need to hear it all. Because, like, the 30 for 30 oh, what a pick. Is, is pretty funny. And just, again, like, he forgot he was pitching the day, the next day. And just, you know, happened to take some LSD. It happens. Uh, but, like, the story – like, I need to hear from Doc Ellis. Like, I need to hear the stories about how at one point he said he saw two batters up there and he, he thought the ball was, like, trying to eat him and stuff like that. Like, I, I think that would be a fantastic, like, deep dive. The Doc Ellis no hitter. All right, I get a man. That's another left field pick. <laughs> I, I can promise you. You'd that watch was, it. You would watch was, it. Though, right? I would. I would watch okay. that for sure. Um, man, there's just like some big ones that I don't like. I'm not gonna take them, but they're just gonna be out there. So this this um, this honorable mention section is gonna be unbelievable. Yes, it is. I think. For my money, for what I want here, what I want to see most is I want a soup to nuts Ricky Henderson documentary. I think uh, he is one of the most overlooked in terms of how freaking sweet he is. He's overlooked and not pointed out to like bat flips and all the, the shit that goes on nowadays that everyone is acting like is new on the scene. Ricky's been doing that since the late 70s. Like he's been doing that, like just pimping everything, stealing bases. I mean, he played baseball different. I mean, he did everything different. He was a quote machine. He had the biggest ego that anyone's ever seen. Um, like any, like bigger than any, the, any player out there now, like it's crazy. And he, and he would fully knew it and he's a badass. And uh, he was just awesome. Like Ricky Henderson. I need it. Good one. Yeah, I need like it feels like he would be the happiest person to go out and do it. Talk about himself. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) he would give. Feels like that could be like the the Bo knows the one they did there, the Dion, where that you know it's sort of a. I'm trying to think of other ones where it's just better than an athlete and they're spectacular and it's much more about the personality they brought to the game as opposed to the historical achievements. Just a guy talking like a like a like. I need a hard hour on just this like celebrity softball game. I know that's like your bread and butter. (laughs) Is like Ricky. It was like how many years in a row is it like? Oh, the first batter of the game, Ricky. Oh, and he would pop his chain. The celebrity softball game is not. Have we talked about that on this show? The celebrity softball game. 
how how that it, should get a way better slot than it does. That oh, thing you mean is pre- yeah. an hour after the home run derby. Yeah, that whatever. thing is consistently incredibly entertaining, and I'm not sure why it's not aired live. I got to be honest. I would watch two hours of the celebrity softball game with the right people. Nelly Damn. was unbelievable in that game. Mm-hmm. Him picking up the phone and calling a GM and saying, "This is Ricky calling on behalf of Ricky. Ricky wants to play baseball." <laughs> it's just so good. Um, last pick for you. All right, last pick. I am going to take, and this is where I really just slam dunk this this whole draft home here. I'm going to take the Wade Boggs flight. I need a full documentary. Well, we could give give White Wade Boggs as a whole, and just him being a badass and just being one of the best hitters in baseball and just slamming beers. But I want the focus of it to be on whatever cross country flight that was when he put down all those beers. <laughs> and I think the people who were there would, would tell all kinds of maybe tall tales, maybe not, but there'd be all kinds of spinoff tales as well. And I think that would make for a tremendous documentary. You won't get an argument out of me. Yeah, I need a Charlie Kelly, like, you, you gotta have something involved in that too, like you you just have to. But I also maybe we see. I just don't want it to be like it to come out and him be like, yeah, I had fourteen beers, and it's like, oh, yeah. But I mean, even, you know, it's like, possibility, but like, yeah. come on, there's smoke, there's fire. Oh yeah, I I hear you. Also, by the way, Corey Kluber, no hitter. Through eight, it would be a real shame if someone were to mm. mention it, jinx it. Um, that would stink. Really stink. Um, is it? This is me now for my last. Pitching one? is killing Major League Baseball. Yeah, the K. <laughs> um, uh, last this one, is, RDT. You said this is me. Yep. All right. I literally just thought of this um, as <laughs> I'm saying this. Give me. I want it like a, a thirty for thirty on this team. I don't know how it didn't happen. What was it? The O. Um, hold on. I, w- I just want to get it right. I, I guess my research. Be... Give me the 2004 Detroit Pistons. Like how fun of a team that was. Cause I just saw the Ben Wallace thing on Twitter. Um, mm, new I mean, all favor. taking that. Da- yeah, that's why taking down that Lakers team with Co- you know, Kobe Shaq and an old Gary Payton and an old, um, and old Carl Malone. Yeah. I but like that team had no business being there. Some good um, personalities on there. You got Sheed, you got Chauncey Billups, you got Rip. It's, you got, it's yeah, that, you got, you got Larry Rip is Brown. wallpaper. Yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, like, but he had the personalities on the word. It, it was an interesting. It was an interesting structural team because yeah. it's not really built the way title teams are built right now. It they, like they reminded well it, that that Mavs team that beat the um the the, similar, the Heat yeah, reminded similar. me. Like when like people forget that Dirk Dirk is like a transcendent like top twenty five player of all time, and I just don't think anyone puts him in that category, even though he is. No, like the Pistons had no one like that on their team. No, no, but but like but just the fact that like when you looked at them on paper, you went like, oh, the Lakers. I don't know, Lakers in five, six maybe, and the I think it was what Pacers in five. Um, and I I was a huge Ben Wallace guy. I love Ben Wallace. So uh, I, I I think yeah, like you said, I think they have some decent characters on that team, and and probably some some neat stories from from that game or the, that series that's a good one um my last pick um and i've had a lot here is more of like a documentary that would be like a behind the scenes and they they kind of do these after they're done but they, they're like very like 
frou-frou and puffy and whatever. I just want to see a behind the scenes of just the process of pulling off the Olympic games. It is an insane, insane undertaking for a city. And there are, you know, so many things that go into it, whether it be like in Atlanta or a Sydney or even Athens where, you know, there's, you know, all these concerns and obviously stuff happened in Atlanta with the bombing. Uh, I'm fascinated by the Olympics. There's a thousand Olympics things I really could have put on this board. And I was trying not to just do all Olympics. So I just saved it for one to do this. I just want to see the behind the scenes, even if it was just like, the opening ceremony. It's just the behind the scenes of the logistics of pulling that off. That stuff fascinates me. Um, so I'm going to do that. Just behind the scenes of the Olympics. That's the, And like, how long would like, are you hoping for like a, the last dance type thing? Cause I think about yeah, how it would have to be like, it has to be like 10 parts. It would have to be like yeah, 10 parts. Have, yeah. They do Olympics hours. films after every Olympics, but it's more just about, it's more like a, it's feature-y, a recap. Yeah. Recap. Is it like a DVD you buy? Yeah. And it's sure. Yeah. And they play them on the Olympic channel. It's great. Whatever. But they, yeah. they, they don't really delve into the machinations of there's so think about it. You have all these countries, all these, you have all these countries that all have their Olympic committees. You have all these governing bodies. You have the IOC, which is a documentary in itself, by the way. Hmm. The IOC or FIFA are one of those. That was on yeah. my board. We can get to honorable mentions, I guess, right now. I'll recap real quick, and then we'll just go to honorable mentions. Um, Banks had Cal Ripken, 21-31. Michael Phelps, uh, the big three, Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic. Ricky Henderson and the Wade Boggs flight. RDT, you had SportsCenter. Um, Steve McNair. Josh Hamilton, the Doc Ellis no-hitter on LSD, which the more I think about that, honestly makes more sense for a short. I'm not even sure you get an hour and a half out of that, but – I think we could. Fair enough. Uh, and the, 20, uh, the 2004 Detroit Pistons, I had Ed Reed, uh, Tony Hawk in relation to the action sports boom, uh, MMA boom, a lot of booms, history of darts, and uh, behind the scenes of the Olympics. Uh, like I said, like any of those governing bodies – with just all that shit going on, FIFA, IOC, take your pick, was on my board as a honorable mention. So other athletes, I had John Jones, I think is going to make an incredible documentary at some point for all the stuff that's happened, but that can't happen yet. His story's not written. There's been an Anderson Silva documentary. I thought it was okay, not great. I would do another one. Floyd Mayweather, um, yeah. there's a documentary in there somewhere. I almost took him. Um, I think they he would be a uh, a willing participant. Well, that that's going to make something about that guy at some point. I still the definitive Tiger Woods doc has still not happened. It will happen at some yeah, point. Yeah, I, I would want one specifically on the 2008 U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. And, I think and honestly, Mediate is a great part of that story, and that's why that would be a good doc. Reading, having read the same book that we both read, the Armageddon yeah. book, but also the Hank Haney book that I read, the amount of like maintenance and work that they did on Tiger Woods on just that entire weekend and also the week leading into it and everything. What, what he came over, like, I know people talk about it a lot. It gets brought up a lot, but it doesn't even begin to, to like really paint the picture, how much he went through to win that U S open. Yeah, I agree. Fun fact too. My mom is like fourth cousins with Rocco media. Wow. wow. Talk about, talk about a connection. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys have any other ones? I have other ones. I have so one. many. I have so yeah. many. There was just a prime scoring chance that just. Yeah, I, I don't know. I almost. Sucked the air out of me. Um, uh, I can keep going if you guys want to watch. I, I got uh, Tim Tebow. Yep. That's definitely one. Jaguars uh, tight end. The COVID-19, especially the night with Mark Cuban losing his mind. and That I think ESPN Bear. is doing a podcast series on that's about to come out or already came out. Everyone kind of did their little segments before. Yeah, they're know. doing the point of the pod, which by the way, the podcast documentaries, sneaky good if you can find the right ones. They're yeah. very, very good. 
I've got like like twelve more here. I've got Manti Teo. That's what um, I had too. I got Tim Donahue. I got A Rod. I've got the Wilson Ramos kidnapping that nobody mm. talked about because the Joe Paterno stuff was going on at the same that's time. Same night. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, that's a whole thing in itself. That will so that will that will the happen. One with Kobe potentially, if you can mix that together in some way. That will also um, happen. A Tiger Woods comeback sequel of sorts that kind of paints it. I mean, it's kind of been done to some degree. Um, Jose Canseco or like a full encapsulation of like the steroid era. They kind of did a really crummy home run race one. A year yeah, that, that was stunning. not a very – And the pre, the trailer was awesome. And I think the trailer kind of – they yeah. kind of blew McGuire it on the trailer. Because... wallpaper and Sosa. Sosa was in it for like 13 uh, minutes, seconds. Yeah. Like... Uh, Pete Rose. That would be another one. Sure kind of surprised that hasn't been done. Uh, Ricky Williams, I think, would be a really good one. Kind of did the 30 for 30 on him. Yeah. But... Um, in 15 to 20 years, when Lamar Jackson has multiple Super Bowls, <laughs> I'm ready for that one. Uh, Nolan Ryan. I sure. Mean, awesome. Uh, that seems like M- one MLB TV's done, but I don't know if they have. Probably in some manner. Uh, Bartolo Colon, uh, and maybe just his home run as a whole. Like that could just be an entire documentary. Um, and Marshawn Lynch. I, Those I are all of, really good. Marshawn Lynch will also Marshawn. happen. Uh, the rest of mine, real quick, uh, Phil Mickelson, mm. uh, Hasim Rahman, who was the heavyweight oh, yeah. champion from Baltimore, who knocked out um, Lennox Lewis and then came mm. back, got knocked out by him. I find things like that fascinating where you're on top of the world for 12 months and then no one cares about you for the rest of your career. Uh, Sean White, the old flying tomato. Sure. Um, there's been some gotcha. little stuff done about him. He's been related in some snowboarding stuff. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya, I don't know, like boxing stuff. Um, <laughs> Johnny so football, bad. Johnny football. You guys Johnny are not. football, of course. Yeah, Johnny football. Austin just had a breakaway attempt and missed. And then, um, real quick, some era stuff. Uh, the ACC early two thousands, late nineties era with Duke of Maryland. Oh I yeah, make an oh yeah. Uh, inside the Tour de France, you guys know I love the Tour de France. Um, then two uh, sports media ones inside Monday Night Football and the years of Monday Night Football and how that's evolved as a property. Ooh. Same with the NBA on NBC. Um, and then uh, I would love a documentary that just talks to guys that fight in hockey. I think that would be fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Enforcer doc- Enforcer I mean, the movie Goon, if you saw that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's movie. the – yeah. So, um, re- real quick, I had – again, I had Manti – if I didn't go Pistons, I was going to go Manti Teo. Um, I, I, I want like a deep dive look, and I don't think this will happen when he's there. Alabama football is like a whole. Just like yeah. Yeah. a full Saban, the entire program. The, you know, <laughs> the recruiting and, and just spitting out NFL players. and I'm going to assume that. that Alabama has been pitched to do like, like a hard knock, like all or nothing, where yeah. Michigan did all or nothing at the Amazon series. I would have to think they went to Alabama first. Yeah, and I'm sure Nick Saban Said could no. not have thrown them out any yeah. quicker. Yeah. Um, I, Banks, you kind of talked about it a couple of times, like a whole Manny Ramirez kind of timeline life cycle. Um, yeah. Any, any same thing with Clemens Bonds. Any of the steroid things because, yeah, like like we said, ESPN kind of teased us with that one. Obviously, this is coming an asterisk cheating scandal. Um, full, that will, yeah, that's gonna a happen. Full thirty for thirty. You know, it's gonna happen. Um, what else? I had I had one on Taylor. This kind of goes back to your one. Um, my favorite hockey player growing up, Chris Simon, and just like. 
what he I get that it's not gonna hit very hard, but that's such a you pick for your yeah, I, I love Chris <laughs> Um there's a fucking ref down. Wait till you see this banks. This ref is just flat on his face. Um yeah, that's that's all I had. Um one that just came to my mind real quick and then we'll move on. By the way, people make sure to like tweet us your suggestions. I feel like everyone has a sports stack where they want to see God, them. See so it. many. The uh, NFL officiating where they had the replacement officials, that will never happen because the NFL will never let any of their rights holders do it. But that would be fascinating to talk to those people that were officiating NFL games when the real officials weren't there. That was a wild that was a wild thing while it was happening. I think it's now forgotten. Like it, that was insane. The call mm-hmm. at the end of the Seahawks Packers Monday Night Football game was one of the that was unbelievable. Um, I think a Deflategate one would be good too. Yeah, and that's that. Like all you need in the trailer is that one thing, and everyone sucked. I I wish that Twitter was bigger and better for that. You know what? That's we'll write this one down. Stuff we wish Twitter was around for. I know it's been done a billion times. Yeah. Um, but that is a game and a night that I wish we could have right now, like with the way Twitter is now. Because Twitter was was it 2012? Someone's done a game 162 doc on that night with they, they've done that right with Andino. Oh, the yeah. They've done. Yeah. I think MLB TV. 2011. Yeah, 2011. That'd be that was incredible. That, that would was. Be it really night. was. Um, <laughs> this official is down. Like a Willie Mays one would be awesome too. That's what I was thinking, like I something mean, about Hank yeah. Aaron or w- there's got to be a Bonds one at some point. I mean that. Yeah, I mean, really they did. Bo- they did guy. Bonds on Bonds. Like the Bonds thing is, you know, another one that I'm sure like. And didn't the MLB doesn't want to touch at all? And um, and because we we got a Griffey one last year, right? Correct. Which I never watched. I know Banks. Did you? I remember me and it's, you having a conversation about it on Twitter. Is it okay? Like, I just, I kind of like, it's almost just like with Jeter. Like, there's no, I mean, what's the big moment going to be? Is the big moment going to be the slide into home? And that was yeah. kind of like with. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, you have to structure it the right the way. The 2001 for... World Series was incredible. I mean, that could, that mm-hmm. could do one. Yeah. I mean, you, oh. they, I think they've done a short on it, but the, I mean, the Kurt Bush Schilling first, the Bush first, well. the Bush first pitch, I think they've done oh, a 30 that, for 30 short on that. There is one. There, there's a thirty for thirty short, uh, which on that. I've watched. But that, I mean, I would watch an hour and a half on the entire yeah. stuff that went into that for sure. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, a, there's effortless. I mean, I didn't even go. I didn't even go into soccer. There's a thousand soccer things I would want to watch. I didn't even go into that. Um, Maryland. What do you do? Maryland person. Well, they just did a full podcast. They just did do a full podcast series. Grant Wall did a full, <laughs> full like eight part podcast things that I've started listening to that I've heard is very good. Uh, he, yes, he would be a great documentary subject and he previously didn't want to talk about anything. And now he's talking, I would assume he will be contacted for a documentary at some point. Cause that, I think he would be a fascinating documentary. Uh, Maryland person of the week, Nick Major medley, Maryland person of the week. I will start since you guys are. You okay. Guys no, like, I was like ready for like you to dish it out. No, I'm going to look, I, I'm someone that stays true to my people and that continues to promote my people. And the clear person of the week, the person of the month, person of the year who put out another absolute fucking banger is Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I mean, it absolutely slaps. It's a Paramore song. It's an Avril Lavigne song. It's an Olivia Rodrigo song. She's three for three. If you listen to this podcast, you should, you should have been up on this. I gave you this. I gave you this. I gave you this to impress your friends about your pop culture knowledge. Legend. Changing the face of pop, not changing the face of pop music. You know, oh, you no. know, um, 
do you know what the uh, the kids on Twitter say? The the like oh like if if there's a good tweet, it's like oh he don't miss Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo, she don't miss. She don't miss as <laughs> Boston wins. By the way, congrats um, to the no hitter too. Six no hitters. Oh, oh, you got it. Pitching is killing baseball, and the Caps are in a tough spot. Already two. Are you doing? Yeah. Um, my Nick Caner medley person of the week is former Oriole minor leaguer Yerman Mercedes. What the hell was that? <laughs> oh my god! I wasn't looking up as I was talking. Sorry, sorry, RDT. No, it's it's yeah, it's not great. Oh my um, god! It's Yerman Mercedes. It has to be. Well, at least for me, because if anyone who can who can piss off or that he united the baseball world in a way that we haven't seen in quite some time, because everyone was fucking going against Tony Larusa. I don't like people calling him TLR either on the on the timeline. I don't like. Get I don't like TLR, here. but um, I mean, you get a three zero meatball like that, you're fucking swinging. Don't care, don't care the count or well, you know, don't care the score, don't care who's throwing it. You're in Mercedes, four fifty off a of forty seven mile an hour pitch. That's actually impressive as shit to hit it. That's that the thing. Off. Like you, nobody's like, talking about that dude. either. Forty seven miles an hour in order to produce that kind of power. When I first saw the 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 play, I was like. Oh man, that's to the deepest part of the park. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw what was it, A Rod off Al Duque, and he had a big mm-hmm. fly off of him on the uh, the old Ephus. Ephus, yeah. And it was, uh, I mean, it was a big fly, but it was like what three eighty to straightaway left or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, to put supply that kind of power with just your bat speed, and like that is impressive as shit. Yeah, and and I mean it's a whole it's obviously a, a conversation that that has been just absolutely beaten into the ground this the last two or three days, but let the kids play, fucking swing it. Swing yeah, it. I, I, it, yeah, the whole like thing. I, I'm I'm almost exhausted now at the Tony Larusso like the double and triple and quadruple downing that. The, well, that, that's that another thing. Larusso just it, it's truly incredible how this sport eats itself. Did you see uh, Mike Borick was siding with Larusa today too? No, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Like, like not this great. sport has also. By the way, not to get off on a tangent here, but Shohei Otani is the most exciting thing in baseball right now, and he's just wasting away on that terrible Angels team. I mean, what are yeah. we doing? Like, how do guys keep? How do the best players in baseball keep going out to this franchise? Is Otani a loser? Out? Yeah, is he a loser? He hasn't been in the league long enough for me to consider him a loser. He hasn't. All right. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll By the way, check it, back don't and do time. Do check back. He's on notice. But <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, you're the biggest Shohei guy of all time. You tweeted. I again, literally he, had Otani on my list for. Yeah, he was on my list. We'll just yeah. put him out as an honorable mention. Unless Banks, you want to give it to him. He's, I mean, the stuff he's doing right now is amazing. And it happens at midnight on the East Coast and it happens to a team that. Let's check it on the standings. Consider I, ha- I had him open for the Orioles earlier. Let's see if they're better. Olbermann going off that he's only thrown twenty five innings. Like who gives? That was that, that was, guy is a joke. Olbermann. What you mentioned him when you took the Sports Center picks or whatever, and it was like, yeah, but let's not throw Olbermann in. Let's leave him out. I yeah, mean, fuck him. Yeah, the eighteen and twenty three Angels. I think yes. Olbermann might be the worst person on Twitter. He is. I think totally lost his mind. Unfortunately. Yeah, I don't. He he, there's yeah. He's the most insufferable person on Twitter. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of insufferable there's a lot of insufferable people on Twitter. 
Uh, Banks, your pick. Uh, I'm going to take Big Country. That's your He's guy. the pick a couple weeks ago, um, the draft pick a couple weeks ago, and we've talked about who he is and how big he is and him as a football player. May have gotten a little bit of squirrel talk in, but he, we got a little more of it uh, on the Ravens podcast. And then they did a, dropped a clip this uh, today about uh, just about all these 90s household items that these players from this draft class that were born in 98, 99, like things that they've never recognized. And he knew all of them and he knew them frontwards and backwards. He uses them on a daily basis. We're talking VHS cassettes. We're talking about like Walkman type things, tape, uh, tape cassettes, VHS, like all that good stuff. And he was just rattling off all the movies he watches on VHS, John Wayne and, and Clint Eastwood and all this good stuff. And he's just, the happiest dude as he's talking about this on this video and everything I get from big country, every little video, every little story, everything I read just makes me love big country even more. So I could not be more of a big country guy. He is my dude. I cannot wait to see him play football, but I'm also more excited to just have him part of the fold here in Baltimore for the next few years. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. He seems like a, he seems like a joy at this point. Exactly. He's just seems he's just a treat, and he's I hope to get him on the podcast before long. Yeah. Uh, any honorable mentions from you guys? Otani was mine. I got a couple. Hit it. Yeah, jump um, into it, man. <laughs> Trey four hits tonight. Meanwhile, the team the bullpen fucking pissed down their leg. Four hits, two home runs. Tough night for you. Leading, yeah, I just tweeted out sports suck. Um, mm. um. Uh, leading MLB in RBIs, which is pretty amazing. Like, again, it's not April 6th, and he's still doing it. Like, we're, we're two-thirds of the way through May. Um, Friends has their HBO special coming out May 28th. <laughs> going to be unbelievable. Going to be unbelievable. No, it's not. Yeah. Oh, it's I, haven't, I haven't seen more than three episodes of Friends. Okay, well, I've we'll, seen we'll probably sit a down dozen. and binge watch it's it. It's just so <laughs> meh. No, no, you're, you're wrong. Um so Friends it's May twenty eighth. hanging fruit left and right, just like all the other TV sitcoms out here. This uh, the last two decades. So super excited for that. Um, <laughs> and then Tommy Hunter getting his first MLB. Yeah, yeah. Right. Good, good behind Tommy good Hunter. That was the clip like of him like doing his hip thrust on first base, and then like everyone in the dugout asking for the balls and and his press conference like. Tommy Hunter, he sucked as a closer here for a couple. I mean, he's the one that obviously opened the door for Britain, but I remember being in a game and he gave up two home runs to the Tigers, to uh, Miguel Cabrera and Victor Martinez back-to-back, and I spiked my cup like I was fucking Rob Gronkowski. And it was in, like, top of the ninth, too. And my that cup is in a billion pieces probably still all over Camden Yards. But he can still do no wrong. Like, I love Tommy Hunter, and it's it's yeah. crazy that he's legitimately – like. He's starting games for that. I, I continue to be surprised he's still in the bigs. I got to yeah. be honest. And you, you want to know what's even weirder? I'm in these like Orioles memorabilia groups, like seeing what people are selling game you stuff. There is a guy who is like a full on Tommy Hunter super fan. He has a jersey <laughs> from every stop. And like every now and then he'll pop in and be like, Anyone got any hunter gear? And it's like, <laughs> I, mean, I, like I want a documentary on that guy. Yeah, that yeah. is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. I've heard some weird. That things. guy has been is definitely on a no flight list or two. Like that, <laughs> that guy is something. But yeah, good, good, good for Tommy Hunter. <laughs> oh my God, Banks, you have any? Uh, I got Lionel Dalton. Um, he was a member of the the 2000 defense. 
uh, for the Ravens. He needs a kidney transplant. Um, just a story that's been circulating the last couple of days. So, um, I mean, I don't really know how one can help other than to send good vibes and hope for the best in terms of a situation like that. But um, thoughts go out to him and his family for sure. And hopefully he pulls through um, the let them play tournament. Yeah. Has to be mentioned for sure. Um, we got a couple of women's golf aficionados here on this podcast. I'm surprised that Taylor hasn't quite mentioned where his whereabouts this upcoming weekend yet, but um, the let them play tournament by Barstool. If you haven't heard about it, I'm not sure how you haven't, but um, yeah, NCAA pulling the rug out uh, after a bunch of rain delays and just straight up canceling a tournament um, pretty much during the playoffs of, of the college golf season there. And um, Barstool just kind of picking up the pieces and, and putting together a tournament on the fly within a week's time is an incredible thing. And these it's girls incredibly are incredibly impressive. It's, it's re- like stupid impressive, not just that they're doing it, but they're doing it at a high level with um, just all the works that go into a tournament, like, you know, banners and logos and um, promo and sponsors and all kinds of things to make this thing happen. So shout out to, to Erica and the rigs and, and, um, all the people working hard putting this thing together i'll be covering it a bit on the blog um and i'm excited to do it and concurrently the pga championship's going on so um it's that starts tomorrow so i'm excited for that i wrote my preview blogs that go click that that's a big time plug on my part for my blog and um i got one last honorable mention it's a weird one but i'm sure you two have been looking at me with this goddamn pimple on my forehead this rivalry between me and this pimple on my forehead (laughs) is an all-time rivalry and it's kicking my ass i have this pimple that started bulging on like sunday uh came to kind of a, a real annoying size on monday while i'm at this hockey game i'm trying to like i maneuver my hat with the way i'm wearing it so it doesn't irritate it and then I woke up Tuesday morning and I kind of popped it and then it just like didn't really swell down. And now like my face is swollen. The top half of my face is swollen where my eyes just like, do you see the bridge of my nose here? This is great podcast. Great radio. Uh, this should not be all like, like my eyes look further apart than normal. Like my, my face is fucking swollen from this pimple. I'm concerned about it. You might have to send out a photo. Yeah. It's wild. It's, it's like it's the Kevin. Ridiculous. It's like the Kevin Pillar picture. That's exactly what I was thinking, and it's like I feel great. But I mean, we all know, we all see it. Like we all, that's how I felt yeah. Sunday morning. By the way, we all see we it. All see it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not surprised. This pimple is putting up a hell of a fight, and I am losing badly. So I just well, gotta give a tip my cap to a to a worthy opponent. To a worthy opponent. Uh, not only are the uh, the Let Them Play and the uh, PGA Championship going on, two other women's golf events going on as we continue to – or golf events. Uh, the Maryland Terrapins women's golf team is actually in the NCAA Championships. They were the beneficiary of the tournament getting canceled because they just took the highest seeds. So the Terps made it to the final round of that thing or the second to the last round. If for the first time in history, so congrats to them. As you said, my whereabouts, I will be at the – pure silk championship lpga event in williamsburg virginia i will be taking in some of that around some other activities i will be doing so shout out to that tournament uh i'm sure the on the ground coverage i provide from that will be really engaging for all of our uh for all of our listeners the last thing i want to say in this segment uh thank you to rom bauer for reestablishing honor in the sport of kings <laughs> by beating that cheater medina spirit we'll absolutely see a baffert who can't even go to the belmont 
Um, even though I'm now I'm getting all these explanations say, about how he's New York Racing Commission that you're yeah well them too but how he how he didn't cheat and that Randy Moss is 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 you know carrying the water for him on pardon my take that's all fine and good I still think this guy's shady we'll we'll see how it turns out over the next few weeks before the Belmont Stakes shout out to Ron Bauer freaking charging down the stretch at the Preakness to take that thing at eleven to one shout out to him what a what a colt what a colt mm. um. Unless we have anything else to touch on, uh, we don't need to go through the caps. Um, no, that's, that's no, we don't. down to one. No, my remote's that's, halfway across. Gotta the dig room. Deep. Yeah, that, pucks that, on that. Pucks on that. That's enough for this week's uh, episode of the X Fifty Two Podcast, presented by Jimmy Seafood. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at X Fifty Two Podcast. You can follow Banks at Barstool Banks. PGA Championship coverage, as he said, coming down the pipe. A lot of golf to blog about this weekend. So make Make sure um, you support that as the listeners. You can follow Eric at E-D-I-T-T-I-22 for talk about how much you hate sports now. And you can follow me at TaylorSmythe10 for, I would say, whole to whole coverage of the uh, the Pure Show Championships. I will not be doing that. But you can follow me. Uh, Thank you to uh, Fed Thrill. And thank you to our presenting sponsor, Jimmy Seafood. And we will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast.